Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. But God's going to do something incredible in and through you today. God's going to speak to you. And so I'm excited to introduce what God is going to do. We have five different speakers. They're going to take five minutes apiece. Come on, somebody. And they're going to come up, and they're going to share their story. I say a piece of their story of God's work and transformation. And God is going to use these stories to speak to you. These stories are the stories of freedom, the stories of hope, the story of breaking addiction, breaking through abuse, feeling alone, but God is there. And all of a sudden, you're going to start, God's spirits start moving in your life. And so I'll do introduce all five of our speakers, and the order they're going to come up and speak in, and then I'm going to um, just let them loose. So first up is a young lady. Uh, she is just molded by God. She has so much capacity, and just seeing what God's doing in her life is incredible. A heart for people, true evangelist, seriously loves people like none other. She has a ministry across the world called Bloom. Give it up for Rochelle Morlock. Come on. Second up today is the man, the myth, the legend. He's a newlywed. He pumps iron. I try to work out just to be partially like him at any level. And I'm telling you, God's hands all over this young man. His name is Trayvon Claiborne. Come on up, Trayvon. If you really get him going, he'll start flexing his pecs. Boom, 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 boom. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, third up today, uh, this young lady, she has served as a missionary overseas. She has a heart for people, a servant spirit, uh, leads on our follow-up team, just loves people, sees the potential and capacity in others that oftentimes people miss. This is Rose Taylor. Come on, get it for Rose. All right, fourth speaker today. Uh, this, this man is quiet on the outside, but has a heart of gold. He is the most loyal person you'll ever meet and has such a heart for people in addiction, a heart for people that are struggling. And uh, you would never really guess that until you talk to him. He serves on our tarot team every week, as faithful as they get. Come on, give it up for Patrick Dokos. Come on up. <laughs> Last but not least... My spiritual fox and holy hottie, my rock, the love of my life, my wife, Diane. Come on. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. I want to give you guys permission to cheer these people on. You guys, you just give a big cheer already. Let them know you love them. Come on. There you go. You guys are alive. I like that. I want to give you permission. Every time they get done speaking, you got to act like the Royals won the World Series. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get crazy. Just, throw, just start throwing chairs. Just chest bumps, you know? Whatever you got to do. Yeah, WWE. That's, a, that's what happened when I celebrated. I don't know what happened with you guys. Um, but, man, just to cheer them on, um, you know, these obviously aren't speakers every week. And so they're uh, just, you, you can take, take an average guy and make him a great guy, but just by cheering him on. So uh, also, God's going to move in this place today. Some of these stories are heavy. They're actually going to come out swinging. And so if God's speaking to you, which I know he's going to, just let the Spirit of God work in your life today. I give you permission to leave transformed. Come on, somebody. Permission. Just make room for God today. Just lean in. Just already write on paper your name and say, okay, God, fill in the contract. Just be like, okay, God, whatever you want to do today, I'm willing to be changed by you. I know God's going to speak to you. I'll give you permission to cry today. I'm telling you, there's going to be some stories that are going to hit home for you. There's going to be people in your life that are going to say, I, this, somebody needs this. Some of you are going to be, I need this. And you're going to leave transformed 
this morning. I want to, do, I want to share a verse with you, and then I'm going to go ahead and let these guys go crazy. First Corinthians 1 says this, But God chose the foolish things of the world, that is us, come on somebody, to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world, that's us as well, come on. Chose the weak things to shame the strong, and God chose the low things of the world, the hurting, the nameless, the marginalized, those are overlooked, those last picked, those hurting. And he says he chose the despised things and the things that are not. He chose the prostitutes, the drug dealers, the murderers, the homeless. He chose all these people that we'd never pick, including ourselves at times, right? He chose us to nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him. No one can walk out here and say, look what I did. Look how great I am and my ability. No, 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 no. He says, it's all because of Jesus that you're in Jesus, who's become for us wisdom from God. I love this, that Jesus is our righteousness. Today, you're gonna see how good God has made us. We are not good, but God made us good on the cross. We are qualified for Jesus. He says we are his holiness, that we are set apart to God today. The spirit of God took up residence in your life and has made you holy. You are perfect in the image of God. Yes, we're struggling in this life, but when we go home, come on somebody. We are complete because of Jesus. Our holiness comes from God through Jesus. And he is our redemption, that we are restored today. Some of you guys need some souls restored today. Some of you guys walked in here with something heavy. Some of you guys walked in here feel like you're not complete. Some of you walked in with a limp. Some of you walked in here giving your life your last chance. And today God is gonna speak some redemption. He's gonna speak some life into your heart, into your soul. You're gonna leave forever changed. The verse goes on to say, therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, if you're gonna boast in anything, boast in the Lord Jesus today. And today, we're gonna make much of Jesus on this stage. You're gonna hear stories of pain and stories of defeat and stories of loss and all these problems, but God, come on, somebody. But God, but God has changed their lives. And you're gonna see how God has used them. We're gonna boast in God today. And I believe God is gonna leave you transformed. Are you guys ready to be transformed today? Come on. Give it up for Rochelle Morlock. Let her know you love her. Thank you. First, I wanna say, uh, Mom, thank you for coming. She drove an hour and a half and she has never seen me speak in person. So thank you, Mom. And now let me get my thing. <laughs> At the young age of seven, I felt like free bait. Why? Why me? Why God? I was held against my will, and I was told not to move. I was told that if I told anyone, they wouldn't believe me or they would laugh. I actually thought I deserved this. I was sexually abused until the age of 12. I felt worthless. I felt dirty. I felt ashamed. I felt like someone's leftover trash. At the age of 12, I finally put my foot down and I said, no, no more of this. This is not okay. Sometimes I still try to tell myself that it was just a dream, but the truth is, it wasn't. It happened. It happened to me. I was held down against my will, and I said, please let me go. Please. God heard me, so why didn't he do anything? I was just a child. I was his child. I was his pride and joy. I was his princess. 
the reason? God gave man free will, but in all of it, I never lost faith. You see, yes, I faced such a horrible trauma at a very young age. And let me tell you, it was not an overnight fix. I've spent years working through this pain to get honestly where I am right here on the stage because this is officially the second time I've shared first service and second service here in America. But I remember when these events were taking place, telling myself there just has to be a reason. There has to be a reason why I am facing this type of trauma. What Satan did, God turned to something simply beautiful. Thank you. Now, standing here today, I can say there was a reason. You see, I've now had the opportunity to speak to thousands of women around the world about sexual abuse. Not only have many of these women been sexually abused themselves, but many of them have actually watched their daughters be abused in some form. Just as you are sitting here today, I can honestly say to you, I understand. I understand the pain that you are facing or have faced. I understand that you feel worthless. I understand that you feel ashamed. I understand that you feel like someone's leftover trash. I understand that pain that you have locked away for so long. No matter the background, no matter the age, no matter the color, I understand the pain that you are facing at this moment. The five years of trauma that I have faced has made me the person that I am today. The trauma that I had has now become part of my passion. My passion being my nonprofit, Bloom International, we aim to inspire and encourage and empower thousands of women. We do that through hosting women's conferences, hygiene outreaches, a food program, and a podcast. If you would have told me this many years ago that that would be what God was possibly preparing, even though it sounds crazy, I would have laughed at you. But that pain has brought on my passion. We teach these women that they are beautifully and wonderfully made. That they, that they are the crown of beauty instead of ashes. Just as you, you are, you are a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Isaiah 61 verse 3 says, He will give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. When I gave my ashes to God, He showed me through action what He made me to be. To be the voice for the voiceless. What ashes in your life have you yet to give to God? What pain in your life have you yet to release, to hand over to God? 
We are not called to do this battle by ourselves. We are not called to do this life alone. He is waiting. You hear that? He is waiting for you to invite him into your life so that he can transform you into the person that he made you to be. Thank you. All right, um, I have two questions this morning. Uh, one is, what, do you, what are you hanging on to that you need to surrender to God? And I want you to really think about that. Is it money? Is it a job? Is it some type of an addiction? Drugs, maybe pornography? Is it possessions? And if so, I'm sorry, excuse me. My second question is, if God takes it from you tomorrow, would you be okay? For me, I wasn't. And so if you're not okay, you found identity in it and it has become your idol. For me, um, I, wanted, I wanted a job in law enforcement because my dad, was a, uh, he sold drugs, he was a drug dealer. So I want nothing to do with that. So what I told myself, my own will, my own determination, I'm going to be separate from that, so I'm going to decide to be a cop. As I started on this journey, start getting in jobs that were uh, law enforcement related. Started practicing in the mirror. Freeze. Before I, before I got married, hey, I was going to flirt. Maybe, you know, talk to the ladies. Never worked out. That's probably why I didn't get the job. But anyways. Um, so I, I pursued this job, I pursued it, I started applying. If you know anything about law enforcement, there's several steps that you have to take in order to get the job. And this can take three to four months, sometimes even longer. And so recently here, I applied with Lee Summit Police Department and uh, I made it all the way through the steps. There are seven steps and uh, I got to the very last one. They say, I'm sorry, but you're, you didn't make it. I'm like, what? I, I had one step left. Y'all need me, okay? I'm black, y'all ain't got no black people in here. <laughs> y'all need some diversity. So as I'm telling myself that, I'm like, y'all need me, I need, I need this. And the other year I can hear God saying, they don't need you. What? Yeah, they do. No, they don't. I'm arguing with God. You find out that doesn't work. And so what I was doing was the thing God had told me no to, I thought I was strong enough to do, and I wasn't. The things that God tells you no to, you're not strong enough to do. There's a reason for that. And so as, I, as I, I'm starting to process this, I become depressed. I'm starting to get anxiety. I can't think. I'm starting to wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm just, this is, this is stupid. I should be in that spot. There's people who would, who, it, it would kill for this if they wanted a job in there. And so this became my idol. I started to worship this. I was starting to do everything I could to become knowledgeable in this field. And God said, no, that's not it. And so as I became um, obsessed, you could say, with this job, um, I started to realize that as God told me, you cannot do this. This is not your purpose. This is not your will that I have for you. There's other people that need to do this. I said, okay, all right. 
So what I did, I, I compared my current situation and put it up to God's word. And what I did and where God's grace brought me to was chapter, uh, John chapter 15, 1 through 6. And it says this, I am, let me stop right there. That is some bold words right there. That, that, I'm just saying, that is some bold word. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is uh, severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes. See, I love how God flexes right here. He goes, yes, me. I am the great vine, and you are the branches. He makes it pretty clear who's second, right? And so he goes on to say, um, I lost where I was. Hold up. Um, uh, those will, will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing see what I was doing I was trying to do my own thing I was trying to do this thing without God because I tell you the truth I didn't, ha I didn't have both parents I didn't have a father figure there to tell me hey this is wrong this is right it, 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 I just didn't he, he decided to choose something else but God had a better plan for me and so he showed me in that verse that when you decide to put your current situation up to his word, nothing matches. There's nothing greater. Not my own will, as much as I work out, I know it may not look like it sometimes, there, there's nothing stronger. And, I, and I, in that season, I thought God didn't hear me. I thought he didn't see me. But God even says in scriptures that the smallest pinstroke and the slightest crumb does not go unnoticed. That should tell you that he sees everything and he sees you. Those who are hurting, he sees you. He loves you. He cried with me. And through this, he showed me he loved me. He wanted something better for my life. So when you abide in him, he's going to shape your desires to reflect his desires. And so my challenge for you today is to find out what is taking you away from God and to get rid of it. A prime example, I work for KCPD's parking control. If you got a ticket downtown, I'm not sorry. Should have read the sign. <laughs> um, and so what I'm going to do is that since I've idolized this so much, I'm going to give it up. I'm giving it up and I'm going to pursue God's purpose and will for my life because if, if that's my God then that's all I'm going to know and I don't want that there's something better, there's something greater and so Barry I can't get you out any more tickets if you're in here no I'm just kidding so I'll leave you with that, find what that you need to surrender to God and surrender it All right, Sarah, last service I asked for the Pentecostal organ sound in Ave sharp. I'm going to change it to C this time. <laughs> just kidding. You can go back to A flat or whatever it was. And I don't even know what a Pentecostal organ is. I just made that up. <laughs> Anyways, so who in here had some PC days? 
those are your pre-Christian days. Like maybe you came to Christ later in, in life and you, you had a life before you knew Christ. Well, for me, I came to Christ at the age of 19. I was in college. And in my PC days, I thought I was just living a typical college life. It was a time to have fun and experiment. Do what, do what makes me happy. Do what best serves me. Do what, do what feels good. I would party, drink till I blacked out, tried some drugs, slept around. And sure, it was fun in the moment. But I can promise you that feeling never lasted. It always left me feeling unsatisfied, empty, guilty, ashamed, and even a little embarrassed. But then I found Jesus, and, and while that was an amazing, unforgettable moment, what was to follow wasn't so amazing. My relationship with my best friend began to crumble. I stopped getting invited out to things. I lost social status, my reputation changed. I became that girl that was too good to do those, to do those things with those people. I kind of like, oh, I thought I had fully surrendered, but then as I started losing those things, I realized that I was still holding on tightly to some things I wasn't ready to let go yet or to change. And I like to compare it to like, I'm running along this path, doing my own thing, and I come to the edge of a cliff, and I make that decision to jump and I trust God. But then I realized what I did and kind of how scary it was and what it was gonna cost. And I caught myself on the edge of that cliff and I wasn't ready to let go yet. I was holding on for dear life. And over the course of the next year, God was really working on my heart as I surrounded myself with other godly people who would pour into me. I started to dig into his word a little deeper and someone had challenged me to read through the book of James. And I got through James 4. And James, that whole passage just completely just wrecked me. I had such conviction. In there, it talks about your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And I realized that even though I knew him, I was still choosing the world over him. And in that same passage, it says, let there be tears, sadness, and mourning for this. Humble yourself and he will lift you up in honor. And I did just that. I was on the ground, face, face down, tears coming down my face. And I told God, I'm ready. I'm, I'm finally ready to loosen that grip and just fully let go and allow you to use me and change me. And honestly, that the fall really wasn't that scary, knowing that I had a safe place to land and who was gonna catch me. God was really working in my life. I was starting to learn purpose. I was starting to learn that fullness and that satisfaction that you can find in Christ. And, I learned that this life isn't about me and, and sometimes I still want it to be about me, but let's be real, it, it's, it's not. I became more generous, less selfish, and more selfless. God had completely changed my life, my view of the world, my view of others, and my purpose. And he is still doing a mighty work in my life. I've come a long way from my PC days, but I've got a long way to go. And I thought I had lost everything at that time, but now looking back, I have learned that I have gained more than I could ever ask, more than I could ever think or imagine. In Matthew 16, 24 through 25, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, if any of you wanna be my follower, give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And I wanna mention first that the cross is like your deathbed. It's not just some burden that you're carrying. And people in the first century, when they saw the cross, they knew that that equaled death. So what does it mean to take up your cross? It means to deny yourself. 
It means giving up your hopes, your dreams, your possession, and maybe even your life. If you're sitting here today and wondering if you're ready to take up your cross, you gotta ask yourself these questions. Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means losing your best friends? Are you willing to follow Jesus if it means being alienated from your family? Are you willing to follow him if it means losing that reputation or that social status, maybe a job, or even your life? And when you follow him, I'm not saying all these things are gonna happen to you, but the question is, are you willing? If you were ever faced with the choice, Jesus or the comforts of this world, what are you gonna choose? And denying yourself, it isn't easy, trust me. I'm still learning this daily, but I can promise you that the price is worth the reward. And that price, it's worth forgiveness of sins. That price is worth eternal life. That price is worth hope that there's something better yet to come. It's worth the, the freeingness of the shame and the guilt, they're removed. That price is worth a transformed life that you can find in Jesus through Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus today, what, what's stopping you? And if you do know Jesus, what are the things that you're still holding on to that you are not willing to let go of? And it's stopping you from fully surrendering him or surrendering to him. After all, what good is it to gain the world but lose your soul? I grew up all over, moving every three to four years. Normal kid, playing sports, riding skateboards. From the outside, everything seemed very normal, but I never really felt wanted by my parents or family. Most of my childhood, I was pretty depressed. We went to church every Sunday, where I also felt that I wasn't really wanted. Very judgmental people. I got baptized young because that's what I was supposed to do but never really believed in anything. When I was 13, I started partying and doing drugs. I didn't really start with anything hard, but then after a while I started using, uh, not just at parties, but by myself. About 14, I started using harder drugs. Pretty much anything I could get a hold of. At 15, I was hooked on a few different things. I always had a job since about 15, so I paid for most of what I wanted with my own money, but I also did quite a few things that I'm not proud of. When I was 17, I dropped out of high school. My parents didn't really care, but to this day, they'll tell you that they did everything to try to stop. Um, now that I was dropped out of school, I had time to work more so I could have more money for drugs. Still partying all the time. Went through a few relationships with girls, friends. When I was 20, one night at a party, I was off by myself and my head and my heart were on the same page for once. I knew that I wanted to get clean. I didn't want this life anymore, but I kept using for about another month. One day I woke up and just said, today I'm not gonna use. That was a mistake. I didn't really think through that what would happen to an addict that just quit one day. 
I ended up in the hospital for a few days. Went straight from there to rehab, where I spent three weeks. Didn't take anything seriously throughout it, though. Since I wasn't using, I thought I was good. Got out, started hanging out with the same friends, so I started using again. Did that for a while, then I started going to Narcotics Anonymous. Listening to everybody's stories and actually trying to learn something out of it. I got a great sponsor. Started working the 12 steps. Step two was the most important to me. It's to believe in a higher power than yourself. I started reading the Bible and tried going to churches, but all I found was the same uh, judgmental people that I from my childhood. So I just kept to myself, trying to be a better person, reading the Bible from time to time. Years later, I found uh, real life. Um, met some great people here, some people that I've even hung out with outside of church a few times. This November, I will have 16 years clean. You can do literally anything with the help of God. How do you stay clean for 15 years? I had a great sponsor when I was in Narcotics Anonymous. He taught me a lot. He ended up relapsing a few times. It was almost like I was teaching him, but really he was teaching me. Tragically, he ended up overdosing and passed away. You have to put yourself around the right people, even if that's just you and God. You don't need anything else. And literally, God can help you with anything. So I remember sitting in my room alone, 13 years old, wondering what it might take to shake feelings of loneliness and sadness that I was feeling. Journaling thoughts, I wondered how life would feel so full when I was out with my friends, out to parties, sneaking out of the house, which is more weird to talk about when my dad is sitting right here um, than it was in the first gathering, but looking for attention from guys. Yet back in my room alone with my thoughts, I felt so empty and so alone. Everything kind of felt meaningless, a trivial pursuit of proving myself while not feeling good enough, not feeling cool enough, not pretty enough, and like everything I was trying to do was filling the void, and then that had to top the last thing that I had tried. And I didn't have a hard life, I didn't have bad parents, but at the end of the day, I was an empty shell, slowly building a wall around myself, and I took what was a decent foundation laid for me, and I started adding my own stones to that wall. I added stones of friendships, of partying, of drinking, of sneaking out, you know, trying to get with guys and taking five pills, ten pills, different pills. And I kept asking myself with every stone, how many stones will it take to feel full? Or how many might it take to feel numb? And then something incredible happened. A friend invited me to youth group and I heard about the grace of God. I learned that Jesus was the perfect, sinless Son of God. He gave his life to spend eternity with me, and his goodness and grace were mine to hold, and I accepted Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, the filler of empty places, the chain breaker, the wrecking ball of strongholds. 
and I trusted him to save me from myself, to set me free from my sin. And it was incredible. Jesus met me behind my crumbling, half-built wall, inviting me to come to him. But there's something about old habits and old foundations that bring a fake comfort or a false sense of peace. And so I kept laying stones. I kept building my wall. The stones changed, but the foundation had already been laid. And I wasn't letting anyone inside my wall. I had new stones I could lay, accomplishments, good works, guilt from church, from not being good enough there, trying to make everybody proud, being afraid of what people thought of me, being worried or anxious, not measuring up, feeling stuck or afraid or like I was stagnant in my faith, feeling like I was supposed to be doing more and I couldn't do that. Each thought, each fear, each attempt to be good enough um, as my own was a stone, one after another building a wall between myself and others and ultimately between me and the one who had already bought my freedom. My insecurities kept my focus on me, on what I couldn't do, on what might go wrong, and on where I didn't measure up. And so I stayed behind my wall. But God. But God. Come on. But God didn't leave me where he found me. Through unexpected foster parenting and weekly facing the lives of young women God was calling us to minister to in youth ministry, I had to face my self-imposed demons. My thoughts, my fears, my insecurity, my false humility, every stone I painstakingly laid, Jesus was more than ready to demolish. And as scared as I was to be vulnerable and to let people see inside my walls to find healing, I can tell you for sure that our God is not afraid of rolling stones away. Piece by piece, I started pulling those stones down until I was ready to let God rip down the whole thing. The old me completely gone and God finally able to build something beautiful in my life. Look to see what God is building with us. It says in 1 Peter 2, 5 and 6, and you are, what does it say? You're living stones. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. And don't miss this. When I stopped building my own wall, God was able to take me, a living stone, and use me to build his wall, his kingdom. It goes on. It says, what's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. The scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. God is building his wall and his kingdom with Jesus as the chief cornerstone, God, the foundation of God's plan for the world. And he'll use you to build his kingdom too if you're ready to hand him over your stones. It says anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. His sacrifice has made you enough today. His love can fill the emptiness in you. His strength can carry you through any storm and his love can transform your life today. You don't have to prove yourself to God because let's face it, you're never gonna measure up. But God doesn't ask you to do that. He's already paid everything for you, and I believe he's coming after your walls today. And 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this, but you are a chosen people. You are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. When you feel like there's nobody else who wants you, God holds you. You're his that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. He's chosen you for greatness today and he has made you his people. You have a place to belong in God and he wants to use you to build his kingdom. He will tear down your walls today and he can roll your stones away. 
I'm no longer 13, I'm no longer lost. I'm no longer building my own wall, striving to make my own way. I'm no longer in the trivial pursuit of proving myself. Tempted, yes, but I'm transformed by the blood of Jesus and thankful for him as my cornerstone. I'm thankful for him today because he is enough. Because of his pursuit of me, I'm enough for God. I am valuable, I'm secure, I'm full, I'm found, and I am transformed. And I can tell you that today, transformation may be closer than you think. Thank you guys for being so vulnerable. I mean, seriously, it takes a lot of courage to come up here and boast in Jesus, doesn't it? And uh, I know about you, but God just has shown me new things every time I hear your stories, just about what's inside of me and who I am, who I'm becoming in my journey. And so, man, if God's just speaking to you, can you get up to these speakers today? Come on. Let them know you love them. I wonder what story God is writing in your life today. I wonder what defeat is going to become a victory. Like, I wonder what God wants to do in you. Like, I wonder how you're going to leave today. Different than you came in, hopefully. And because of stories like this, you're reminded of the grace of God. Come on, if God can change us, he can change any of you, amen? Man, we're, we're nobody special. Fools for Jesus. Not, not strong, but weak. Just servants, just empty vessels being used by God. And that there's no more sin in our life being cut free by the power of Jesus. That sin has no power over us. That the Spirit of God lives in us. And the Spirit of God, there is freedom today. We have the freedom to boast in Jesus, to get past our struggles and our fears and our doubts and our insecurities and what people did to us and what we thought about ourselves and what our parents maybe did or didn't say. We can change who we are because of Jesus today. So I would encourage you, don't let Satan have a seat at your table. Don't let the things in this world that are not from God stop you from being who God has called you to be. There's a lot of orphan mentality in the church. That we somehow walk in and we don't have dad. Like we don't have it all together. We're not perfect. We try to earn ourselves to God. But today I think some of you are going to realize that you are a chosen son and daughter of the king. Amen. That you are not alone, that God's not leaving you or forsake you. He is with you every spot on, part of the journey. And today, God wants to write your story. And that's the story that we present today, the story of the grace of God, that we exchange the lies of Satan with the truth of Jesus. I'm going to make it real practical. How do we do this today? If you want to leave transformed, how do we do this? The verse I want to share in 2 Corinthians 10. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? They have divine power. They have the dynamite, supernatural power of God to do what? To demolish strongholds. Those things in our life, we thought, well, I could, this will never change. You're always going to be. This thought that would run through our head 10,000 times, this thing we're pursuing, maybe this idol in our life. And the Bible says that you can take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus. There is something supernatural flowing in your veins today. Come on, somebody. You can take all these negative thoughts and demolish the strongholds in your life. Now, this is a process. You're not going to walk out here and just be perfect. <laughs> all right, that's not going to happen. But you can be transformed. You can remember who you are today, and God will start to change you from the inside out. And for some of us who walked in here, we felt like we're orphans. But today, you're waking up to the things of God, and you feel like a son or daughter of the king. For some of us, we came in here feeling a room full of shame. 
Like, just, I'm not good enough. Matter of fact, it's not that I'm not good enough. I am bad. It's not just a feeling of guilt. It's just believing you are something that you're not. That you're not good enough for God. You're not good enough for somebody. You're just a disappointment. And some of you have walked in today feeling that way, but today I believe some of you guys are going to wake up to God. Some of you are going to say, not today, Satan. Ain't a seat at this table. Some of you are reminded what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that he nailed every one of your sins to that cross, and he publicly shamed your shame. And today God says, shame off of you. Come on, somebody. That you are free today. That you don't have to have guilt. Some of you guys walked in with condemnation trying to prove yourself to God. Yeah, you're saved by grace, but, man, you're kept by works. You're just earning it. You still got to prove yourself to your dad. You got to measure up. You got to have enough accomplishments under your belt. You got to put that check mark on there. You got to feel like you got to do all the good things versus your bad things. And today says there's no condemnation on you. There's no condemnation in Christ. You're set free by the power of God. And when God sees you, he sees his creation. The Bible says your sins are as far as the east is from the west. And you are free today. Some of you guys walked in never experiencing the love of a father. Some of you just walked in and didn't realize that God loves you. They knit you together. They intimately formed you. And it was that love that held them on the cross. And today you can leave here. You can wake up to the things of God. That we can be proud of our past, knowing God is going to use it today. I love what this verse ends. It says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought. You literally have to stop when you're thinking all the time and say, is that thought from God? I mean, when I'm walking on stage and say, uh, you don't have it all together, is that from God? Somebody walked in here and said, you can't make it. Like, you're not going to make it through this season. Where'd that thought come from? Did Jesus give you that thought? Is that what the Father of the universe is telling you? Or is that a lie? And you have to take every thought and process it through the filter of Jesus. He's going to renew you and change you from the inside out. And over time, you get to the point to sit on the stage, come on, somebody, and share what God has done in your life. Over a course of time, and this is what it says in Psalm 40, verse 3, it says, he's put a new song in your mouth. I believe today these five people have a new song. Come on, somebody. I mean, come on. If you would have backed up five years ago, different people's story, you backed up, they would have been like, I don't know what to do. I'm struggling, but the grace of God is spoken to them. And they left transformed. And they get a new song in their life. And it says, Him a praise to our God. I love it. It says, Many will see and fear the Lord. I love this. And put their trust in Him. Do you know the greatest weapon you have is your story? And these guys shared their greatest weapon today. And they shot an arrow into our culture of the grace of God. And that's the same thing we get to do. Because I believe some of you guys are going to leave today. And you're going to start a relationship with Jesus. Some of you walked in as Sean Petrie, but you're leaving a chosen son or daughter of the king today because you heard Rochelle's story. Come on, somebody. Because you heard Trayvon's story or Patrick's story or Rose's story or Diane's story. You heard what God can do in and through your life and think, sign me up for that. Like, oh my, there's something way bigger than this myself. It's not about me, it's about Jesus. And God will transform your life. He'll take your ashes and make something beautiful out of it. A worldwide ministry created what man meant for good, God meant, or man meant for evil, God meant for good. And God uses our stories to tear down these bricks and these walls, and then we get to share this with the world and become salt and light. Can I encourage you today what the Bible says about who you are today? You may feel like you're not enough, and God isn't there. 
And Satan may be sitting at your table today. Can I share with you a passage of scripture? It's a famous passage of scripture you've probably heard before. It's in Psalm 23. It starts with this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Come on. He's my shepherd. And I lack nothing. Well, the Lord is my shepherd. And I lack nothing. I have everything I need in God. That we aren't orphans. We're not abandoned. We're not overlooked. We're not forsaken. We aren't what somebody did to us, what somebody said about us. No, no, no. I have a good shepherd. Come on, somebody. And his name is Jesus. And that's enough for me. That's who Jesus is. And we get to exchange, like Trayvon, a man-sized dream for a God-sized calling. Come on. We need to let go of that thing and say, God, you got something better for me. I'm going to listen to the good shepherd in my life. I'm going to lay myself down. I'm going to go and sign that contract and just fill in the top. He's going to put you on me to do today, Jesus. We're going to be transformed by his power. He says this, he leads me by quiet waters. I love this. He refreshes my soul. Some of you guys need some soul refreshment. Come on. Some of you all bitter. You know what I'm talking about, right? Don't point your neighbor. You know what I'm talking about. It's just what it is. But we need God to do something inside of us before we do something through us. And he guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I love this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on. Who knows today that Jesus just pulled a seat up to your table and told Satan, this is no longer your seat. He dismissed Satan. He said, go ahead, go over there. You can watch from a distance. But today, come on, somebody. Jesus pulled a seat up to your table. He wants to be with you, but he let Satan watch because he said, hey, Satan, watch what I'm about to do with this person's life. I'm about to get some boasting going up here. I know you thought you won the battle, but guess what? The war is far from over. And Jesus says he's knocking on the door to your life. It says in Revelation 3 that if you open the door, he will come in and dine with you. Jesus wants to sit at your table today. Jesus wants all of you today. And the voice of Jesus always silences the voice of Satan, our enemy. He says, you anoint your head with oil, your cup runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Now, some of you can be a little disappointed in this ending, which is the best I can do, so just give it to me, okay? I'm just going to throw it out there. It's not about you. How about that for a popular ending? just not about you. As much as we want it to be about ourselves, it's just not about us. Matter of fact, your mission and your job is to boast in Jesus and give God the most glory possible. And I believe today the stories you heard were all about boasting in what I'm not, but who he is. Come on, somebody. And today you heard about somebody that was inadequate, that wasn't enough, but God is enough. You heard about somebody who's struggling in an addiction, but God is a healer. Come on, somebody. You heard about somebody who's somebody who's abused and somebody who's taken advantage of and feels like trash, but God says, you aren't worthless. You are worthy. I've made you holy. I've set you apart. I'm for you. I'm in front of you. I'm behind you. I'm all things. I've made you clean. I've restored you. I've made you whole today in the name of Jesus. Now, some of you came in here full of shame and full of guilt and uncondemnation, but today the grace of God can penetrate into your soul and you can be ever changed by the power of God. And here's how it works. Don't miss this. This is so powerful because you're going to do this to these guys up here. All of a sudden, you're going to start looking not at them, but you're going to looking at who they are looking at. When you start following Jesus, all of a sudden, people look at you and go, who are you following? Who are you looking at? Because I don't understand how you come up on a stage like this and share your story. 
Like, how did you get to the place in life where that abuse you went through has been changed for you to make a ministry? Come on, somebody. How'd you get to a place in life where you gave up the one of the be a, a cop and a, and you wanted to follow a vision you had for yourself? How'd you get to a point where you could surrender to God? How'd you tear down those stones and put the cornerstone of Jesus? I don't understand it. How do you put up with that in your life? Come on, somebody. How do you go to that job every day? How do you put up that person that's taken advantage of you and walked all over you, but you're still there and love them and forgive them and care? How do you do that? And all of a sudden, people aren't gonna see you, they're gonna see Jesus in you. And they're gonna re realize that there's something bigger. And I'm gonna follow God today and put my trust in him. And so today I wanna encourage you, leave transformed today. What could possibly stop us from walking out that door completely different? Now I'm telling about you, I'm tired of Satan, give the glory, come on somebody. I'm tired of Satan winning. I'm tired of a, like a complacency, easygoing Sunday Christians, the easy life. God says the road is narrow. It's always harder than you think, but it doesn't matter because God's always with you. He's gonna take you places you don't ever think you could go. And God's gonna drive your story deep into the culture and hearts of people. And I believe today, some of you walk out here forever changed because some of you have the boldness and the courage in the back, backstage, in a bedroom, in a floor, crying out to God and saying, God, use my life. What you heard today was a harvest of something God planted inside of them years ago. That story was written in the seat, not on the stage. So I encourage you today, let God transform your life because he will use you in incredible ways to change countless people for the cause of Christ. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray you'd give us a story of transformation. I'm gonna pray for somebody specifically who needs to say, you know what? I'm gonna wage war on my thoughts today. Man, I say no longer have a seat at my table. No, no, I'm completely changed. I'm different. I'm transformed today. And I'm tired of Satan getting the victory. So today I'm gonna walk out of this room different than I came in. I wanna encourage you, if that's you, in a moment of boldness, in a moment of boasting in Jesus, to silence the Satan in your life, I'm gonna ask you something that takes some courage today. I'm gonna ask you to stand up where you are, if that's you, and say, you know what, I've been transformed by the power of God, and today I'm walking out different than I came in. I'm giving God the glory today. Come on, if that's you, if you've been transformed today, would you stand to your feet? This has been encouraging to you. If you've been transformed by the power of God, come on, a moment of boldness, to say, you know what, Satan, you, I've lived this life way too long, but today, I am gonna follow Jesus. If that's you, would you stand to your feet? Come on, people are popping out. Give up those are popping up around the room. Come on, give some encouragement. God's speaking to these people. You guys can keep standing. If that's you, just keep on standing. Come on, God wants to transform your life. How dare us show up to church and only see me, but we see Jesus, amen? How, we don't find the story of these guys. We're just the story of Jesus. And God wants to write a story in your life. I'm gonna pray for one more group of people. That's you today. That say, you know what, I need Jesus. I've been trying to make a way on my own, but today I recognize that Jesus is the way. That I'm not alone, I'm not forsaken. Who is Jesus? He came 2,000 years ago to a cross. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless, perfect life. And on that cross, he exchanged all of your, wrong, all of your wrongs for his rights. He died for you, and the third day he rose again. He stole the keys. He rolled back sin, death, hell, and the grave because he loves you. And the Bible says, whoever confesses the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believes in the heart that God has raised from the dead, that you will be saved. Today, maybe you need to start a relationship with Jesus. Today, you're going to leave here, not you. You're going to be completely transformed and made new. For the first time, you say, you know what? I recognize who God is. I'm going to trust him today. If that's you, in a moment of courage and boldness, not anybody looking around, we just raise your hand high and say yes to Jesus, yes to forgiveness, yes to new life. I see you. Anybody else say, come on, give it up for those raising their hands. I need Jesus. Come on, put your hands in the air. If that's you, I need Jesus today. Maybe you're online and say, I need Jesus. 
Man, don't walk out of here missing this. Because a transformation happens. I want to pray for you if that's you. Say, Father God, just repeat this to God yourself. It's not the words that save your heart. Say, Father God, thank you for sending these stories into my life. I've forgotten about you. But today, God, I trust in you. Thank you for dying across my sins. God, you could have my life. God, I want to serve you. God, I want to write a new story. God, put a new song in my heart today. I want to follow you, and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some glory. Lift it up to him. Come on. Been transformed. Man, what a powerful Sunday. Just these stories, and if they haven't changed you and transformed you, man, I don't know what's going to move you. If, if you are a person here today, whether you're in person or online, and you made that decision for Jesus, you want to follow God, I want you guys to know that we are so excited for you, and we want to help you in any way that we can, because this is a journey that's going to last the rest of your life. And it's a journey that's not meant to be alone. You're meant to do it with other people. And that's what we're here for, to be part of, of your life, you be part of the church. So I've got a couple great next steps for you if that's you today. The first one is this, let us know about your decision. You can do that by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a connection team member reach out to you over the phone. Their whole job is this, is to answer any question that you have, help you in any way that we can, resource you with everything that we have. And that's our whole, their whole job. We want you to know that God cares about you, we care about you, and we're here for you in any way that we possibly can be. The second thing you can do is, is on your way out of the worship center at the back, there's a red bag. Grab that inside. There's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. It's just another great thing to get started off on the right foot. So for everybody else, I've got some great next steps for you as well. So the whole message today, the whole theme was renewing, healing, transformation, right? And if you listen to these guys' stories, you pick up in the backside. A lot of that transformation came in the form of a relationship. God brought somebody into their life that helped bring the truth and, and, and what God had for them into their lives. And so there's so many people I talked about, man, I'm lost, I'm broken, I don't have anybody. Man, here at Real Life, you have somebody. And the best way to get hooked up and find a new relationship that God has for you today is in our life groups. We're three weeks into our summer session. It is not too late to find one for you. We have 12 different groups. They are designed for you. You can find them online at reallifechurchkc.com. They're through the week, different areas of interest. We've got a spot for you. We want you there. Do not miss out. Find that relationship that God has for you today. The second step for you is this, is that you heard about people starting off in their stories writing their own. And God has a story for you. He wants you to be a part of his story. And that same story is the same for everybody. There's four parts. We usually go through that in something called Next Steps. We usually do one a week. But today we're doing something called Crash Course. You can meet at Sean and Diane's house from 2 to 4.30. And you can find out the four things that God has for you. First of all, you get to know God. Second of all, you find freedom. Third, you make a difference. And when you get those three wrapped together, the last thing is you can make a difference. Because that story just keeps going and going and going. The story that changes your life you will be that person for somebody else. So we wanna invite you out. You won't be by yourself. There are already six people signed up. Go online, get signed up. We want to see you guys there. Come check out what God has for you today. So lastly, uh, I wanna give you guys a quick update because some of you guys have been asking me questions. We are, are getting real close on the Hope Center that Real Life is putting together uh, in, in doing a, in a building here in town. So we're in the process of finishing up drawings, which is the last thing we have to do before we get our permit. And man, it's, it's exciting to see 
what God is doing to get that pre uh, prepared and going. And man, he's working on your guys' hearts. So I want you guys to continue to prepare for what you can do to be generous with your time, your finances, whatever God's called you to do. Because we know that God is going to do something awesome with this. And he's going to bring hope to this community by using this little tool that would just looks like a building. We're going to throw up walls, but man, we're going to change people's hearts through what God has for them. And so if you want to participate in that generosity, you can do that in three different ways at Real Life. The first one is by going, again, online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you could text any amount to 84321. Or number three, if you want to use a cash or check, you can drop that in the giving box at the back of the room. So here at, Life, at Real Life, we talk about helping people. So this is interesting. I want you guys to check this out because if you're like me, when you have to ask somebody an important question, you get a lot of anxiety, you get a little worried. Well, what about the biggest question you have to ask? If you're going to pop that question... Check out this video. You had fun? Yeah, did you? Yeah. Babe, these last few months have been incredible. I can't believe I found someone to share the rest of my life with. I feel the same way. You complete me. Well, you can probably guess what I'm going to ask you. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm just a guy. Yeah. Staring at the most amazing woman. Uh-huh. Asking her. Just ask me the question already. Will you do me the honors? Yes, uh, yes, a thousand times yes. I can't wait to get, see the ring and show my mom and call her. Of joining me this Sunday as Pastor Sean starts a brand new series called At The Movies. I think we should see other people. Yeah, I probably could have done this a little bit differently. Yeah, you could have. Would you still like to go to At The Movies? Of course, you have me at Pastor Sean. <laughs> You had me at Pastor Sean. Ugh, that one is going to haunt me the rest of my days. Man, that's a great way to ask a question, isn't it? Hey, start inviting your friends and family. Next week at the movies we are launching, we're going to have a great time watching The Patriot. It is going to be an awesome moment for God just to bring transformation to people's lives. We're having an all-American cookout after the gathering. One gathering next week, 10 o'clock. So you do not want to miss this out. Photo booth, candy, popcorn, even the kids are getting their own movie. We can't wait to see you guys next Sunday. Hey, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you. And again, can't wait to see you guys next week. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you next week.